Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we have conversations about what we can learn from what's going on in our lives. My name is Robbie Angle, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace. A lot of us get stuck in our relationships with God and others, and we end up wondering, is this really all there is? So here at Trueface, we equip you to experience deeper relationships with God and with others, equipping a growing group of men and women with a toolbox of teachings and experiences to help you become more fully known, more fully loved, and more fully alive. And today we're going to have a conversation with a guest, Vic Black, who's a friend of mine who I just met about a year ago for the first time. And we got to spend a weekend together in a cabin. His wife, Lindy, is one of the board members. And Vic was one of those guys that uh, when I met him, I could not wait to get more time with him uh, to peel back the onion at his wisdom and his experience. And today we're going to have a conversation with Vic about the difficulties, the challenges of relational dynamics, of complex dynamics with other members of the body of Christ as God is a God of reconciliation, of unity, and the evil one loves division and confusion, it just comes with the territory. Uh, and we're going to talk about a significant season of his life. But Vic, I want to jump into this. So welcome to the True Face Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Robbie. Thank you very much for having me. Get, you uh, have been married to Lindy for 43 years you live in Colorado Springs. You've got three kids, 12 grandkids. You just finished up cousin camp, I heard. And so you're That's probably right. a little exhausted about that. And you've been with the Navigators for pretty much forever. So how did I do on the context and how are you feeling after cousin camp? Well, I think you caught the context pretty accurately. And cousin camp, Lindy and I always know when we go into it that it's going to be magnificent and wonderful but absolutely exhausting. <laughs> yep. How many so, how many uh, grandkids were at cousin camp this year? Well, they've got to be five years old or older to come to cousin camp. And sometimes I think five years old is too young. Yeah. <laughs> we should up that to six or seven. But nevertheless, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's five years old. And so the oldest was sixteen, and the youngest was five, and. Uh, so for, from our three kids' families, and it's just absolutely wonderful to see them interacting with each other. They live in different parts of the country. They don't really get to see each other that much, but they know their cousins with each other. And, and they start talking when cousin camp is over one year about when is cousin camp next year. That is so awesome. It's so much fun. That is a lot of fun. You survived. Good job, man. <laughs> we made it. And and for all the uh, young parents out there, thank you. Thank you for giving uh, a break for a week from the kids. Um, and five is not too young, Vic. You got this, man. Five's oh, perfect. Man. I'm, I'm just getting too old. Dude, I'm getting ready to turn 70 in December. That's awesome. Congrats. 70 is a big one. So you've been with the Navigators since before I was born. And you have been involved in tracking with Trueface for a while as well. Give us some context to the ministry journey that God's had you on and also your involvement, engagement with Trueface. Yeah. Well, uh, Alan Andrews was our U.S. Uh, director at the time, and I was leading the prayer ministry nationally in the Navigators and was very much uh, woven in there with Alan, the national leadership team. And 
Alan reached out to what was then Leadership Catalyst, today TrueFaced, and Bill Thrall in particular, just, I mean, in my opinion, practically joined the Navigators. And he was just with us for uh, a number of years building environments of grace into the organization. And we, we are not the same. The, the Navigators is not the same today. As, as it was before Bill Thrall and Trueface got involved with the Navigators. That's awesome. It's a fun journey as, as this ministry has intersected with different parachurches and churches over the years. And, and now we get to work together as, as Lindy's a board member and we've got to become friends. It, it's, pretty, it's a pretty cool ride how God inter, intersects us along our journey. And even last year when we met for the first time, at the the board retreat it was it, hearing your heart for prayer and for abiding we haven't talked about this but in january my wife emily got a group of a couple dozen people on a daily chain where she sent an email every day going through abide by andrew murray that the navigators put out doug Nunke kind of gave a preface so if you have not uh read abide by andrew murray I strongly recommend it. It's it's unpacking John 15, which is Jesus's teaching, one of his signature teachings on spiritual formation and what that looks like as we mature as as Christ followers. But it was a powerful month to start the year. Every day there's a group of a couple dozen of us going through Abide by Andrew Murray and and that that was a lot of fun and you have a resource out that I've looked into called Abide. It, it, tell us about Abide Catalyst. If they if people Google, if if you want to hear more of Vic's wisdom through some uh, resources, you can type in what Abide Catalyst Navigators. That's what I did. I went to Google and typed in Abide Catalyst Navigators, and it popped up. Is that the best way to find your series that you produced on abiding and connecting based on John fifteen? Uh, yes, Robbie. As far as I know, that still works. It oh, used to work there. for me. I type that in. So you were there just recently. So apparently, that still works. The the Navigators. Uh, through the, the the way we're organized, we have field directors, and so this that they oversee everything that we do out in the field in the United States. So I'm I'm talking specifically about the U.S. work, and so just before COVID hit, uh, they asked me to specifically interface with our staff around the country on what we were beginning to call abide gatherings. And so, so pulling staff together, exploring some of the truth of abiding and some of the different dynamics of that. So COVID hit and I was not able to travel to see these staff. So I started writing these abide catalysts and, and just to stimulate their thinking, because I think that, that this whole idea of abiding is very much a mindset mm. that, that we need to have. And so I wrote these pieces to try to be a catalyst to stimulate are thinking on, on abiding more deeply with Christ. And I think I ended up touching more staff uh, virtually with these gatherings than I would have if I had been flying around the country with the, on an airplane. I love it. So Vic, I want to unpack abiding and what you've learned about John 15. I want to unpack prayer with you after decades of ministry. Uh, but today we were talking about the complexities that you've seen a lot of in ministry over the gener- uh, over the decades of of dynamics of relationships, uh, of forgiveness, repentance, and I, I think all of us have a universal um, struggle with 
complicated engagements with others, Christians, non-Christians, when there's hurt, when there's pain, how do we navigate it? What do we do? What's our issue? What's theirs? And we were talking, and I'd love for you to share what you've learned through your experiences in your life in this space of relationships over the past couple decades. In my limited understanding, and not that this is a comprehensive statement, but I've often thought of uh, forgiveness as something that Jesus just brought down from heaven and inserted into our human experience here that is way beyond anything that we could ever accomplish or achieve in just a human realm. And so I, I've often thought of unforgiveness, and I know this is not new to you, <laughs> but uh, unforgiveness being like the poison that you drink hoping it kills the other guy. You know, and I've, I've wrestled with those thoughts for years, but I, I learned a really significant lesson in the context of True Face when uh, the Navigators as an organization in leadership what was um, learning uh, environments of grace. Hmm. And B Bill Thrall was the major player from Leadership Catalyst then, true face today who, who uh, was walking us through that. <clears throat> and so one, one of those lessons, I'll, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story that really brings that to bear, you know, in, in my own experience, that was, it, it just put a giant smile on my face because of the reality of the freedom mm. that I experienced in forgiveness mm. and in my own repentance. And so, um, we, we, we started a young church, just one of those little fledgling young churches, not just for the heck of it. I mean, we, we, we got together and really were seeking the Lord together. The pastor was a young, a little bit younger than me at the time. And, and we, we were learning, um, these environments of grace, how to have environments of grace with Bill Thrall and one of the lessons that, that I learned in there that really became my own mm. and re really sunk into my own soul and fabric is that I, I forgive somebody else for their sin against me for my sake first. It's like a two-step thing. I mean, maybe there's more than this, but I'm a simplistic person. I, I forgive them for my sake so that I can be freed from the effect of their sin against me and then my own going interaction with them, my well-being is not tied to their good response to me hmm. because, because I'm freed. I'm freed from, from the effect of their sin against me. So anyway, I, I was an elder in this young church and we were just having a ball, worshiping the Lord, reaching out to our community. The church was growing. The young pastor said after a while, after a number of years, that he, he felt like he had taken it as far as he could take it. And, uh, and that he was probably a good starter, but not, not someone to maintain it and take it to the next level. So he said, you need to find a new pastor, do a, do a pastoral search, and, and he would step out and let the new pastor come in. So we did this massive, thorough pastoral search, 
And one of these guys that, that we interviewed as we did some of the, um, the checks on his past uh, employment uh, experiences, well, one of the people I, I remember they said, well, now you, you, you need to be sure that you want to follow him because he's going to do things his way and you're going to, hmm. you're going to need to follow him. And I'm just thinking, you know, we can work around this, you know, because it's like, we love Jesus. He loves Jesus. We're going to, well, we're, we're going to lead this thing together. That's right. So, yeah. so we hired this new pastor. He comes in, we're moving forward, start small groups. We, we, we did big, big exploration on small groups. He was really good at small groups and was able to bring that understanding into our church body. But something just kind of started going sideways. Something started to not be just quite right. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And uh, different groups of people, um, significant groups of people, like our, our leadership team and our elder team were two, it's kind of like our administrative team and our elder team were two different things. And those two teams seemed to almost be pitted against one another. And I couldn't figure that out. What, what, what was going on there? I mean, we were all friends with each other. We were you know, very committed to the church. And, and it just seemed like the pastor's fingerprints were, were in, in some of that. And so to make a long story short, and, and it really is a long story, um, as many of these are, I'm sure, I felt like um, I, I needed to go to him and uh, as an elder and with even another elder present, ju just because I felt like this guy had become an unsafe person. And, I, and so I needed to very thoroughly, biblically address mm. the issue that I felt like was at hand here. So I, I, I wrote out very comprehensively my own sin against him, because again, what, one of the principles that Bill Thrall taught us was that, that when I'm sinned against and it's not dealt with properly and biblically, then that ignites the nature of sin in me and I sin. I'm like, that's terrible. That stinks. You know, but Bill made it very clear. And I'm like, okay, I have sinned against this pastor. Not only has he sinned against me, but it's ignited the nature of sin in me. And I have sinned. Mm. And uh, and so I, I, my confession for my own sin was in what I was writing. I just wanted to really comprehensively write it thoroughly. And I wanted my wife and my two dear friends uh, in, in the church that were, he, he was also an elder to examine what I was planning on saying to the pastor so that I didn't sin more, so that I didn't sin further, but that that it, it was clean, so to speak, and, and I, I could deliver this to him. So I go in to see the pastor with, an, with another elder, and, and I said, now, now I have had a chance to really go before the Lord and, and really pray over this and collect my thoughts, and, and I don't expect you to be able to uh, respond to me thoroughly, adequately at this time, you need to have time to, to process your own thoughts and we can get together again. But, but I said, just so I don't mess up, I, I'm just going to read this to you wow. because I mean, these are my words and, and I just want to read through here. And so I confess my sin against him. And then uh, I, and so I asked for his forgiveness and, and I, I also, uh, express clearly how I felt like he had sinned against me and even sinned against the body in some of the things that, that he was doing. 
I felt like the church was at a point where it's not even the same church that we originally started. We need to basically end this church. And if you guys want to start another church, but I need to step out of it, my name needs to come off of the charter and all of those kinds of things. Very, very complicated situation. So I expressed myself. I mean, this is like probably six pages of typing. <laughs> and so I expressed this to him point blank. And I, I even gave him a copy of that just so, so you, he, he had it, he can you know, put his thoughts together. And at the end of our time together, he said, well, uh, I, I don't agree with much of what you said, but I forgive you. And then, the, so that was the end of our conversation. And, and I just thought, well, that that's, that's fine. I mean, you know, I've, I've done what I felt like God gave me to do. And, and if he wants to address this further, he certainly can, and we can, we can get back together. And so my wife was waiting for me in the car, Lindy, who you referred to. And, uh, and so we're driving down the road. Of course, Lindy knows exactly what I was into there. And she wants to know what's going on and what happened and, and the whole nine yards. And so as we're driving down the road, uh, she began to ask me questions. And she said, well, uh, how did he address, how, how did he respond to, you know, you asking him for forgiveness? And I said, well, he, he forgave me for my sin against him. And she said, well, that's great. She said, uh, and I shared a little bit more. She said, do you mean to tell me that he did not ask for your forgiveness? And I'm just driving and I've got a little bit of a smile on my face, actually. And I look, look at her and I said, no, no, honey, he didn't. And so I'm driving and she said, do you mean to tell me that he didn't even acknowledge your, your pain? And I'm driving and my, my, my grin got a little bigger and I said, no, honey, he didn't. And, but, but I think the thing that almost made me laugh was I was free. Hmm. I was truly freed from the effect of his sin against me. And it was just like a gift from God in heaven wow. that, that as I forgave him and I released that uh, sin against me, the offense against me, the offense against the church, that God literally set me free and allowed me to move on without carrying that baggage with me. Wow. All right. I hope you got a couple hours, everybody. Um, <laughs> so in, in me, in most of us listening, I'm assuming, um, the complexities of this, it, it's so dynamic. Uh, and you said some things quickly that I, I want to capture. You said, you know, we for, when, when others sin against us, we uh, need to forgive them for our sake to be freed from the, the, the hurt, the pain, the wounding of, of those that sinned against us, we're the victim. When, when others hurt us, when others sin against us, that is hard. It's painful. It leads to frustration and pain and anger and all these things that ignite the sin in us. And that's where you said, when sinned against, it ignites the sin in me. And so it's this circular thing. Others sin against us, it ignites our sin. And the, the sin that others caused us leads to things that we need to be freed from. So how we get free from that, and we sin against others, it ignites sin in them. How we get freed from that is confessing the sins that we did to others and forgiving them for their sins for what it did to us to free us from the, the consequences of those sins in our own life. 
And that has nothing to do with their response. That is so hard for me because everything in us wants us to go, no, we don't want the freedom. Uh, we don't we don't want to f- let him off the hook, that pastor, because you shared with him what you thought he did to sin against you and the church very clearly. He didn't own it, but you experienced all the freedom like he did own it and ask for forgiveness. That is such a powerful concept that eludes so many of us because in our flesh, in my pride, I don't want to let go until he for, he asked for forgiveness. But that's just it. That's that's me not forgiving him and needing him to do something, which is like wanting him to drink the poison and it's me drinking the poison or taking the hooks out of my own back. Man, that freedom that you just expressed has nothing to do with how he responded. You experienced freedom either way. And you're saying this wave of awareness of the grace of God, of giving you freedom, happened in a deep, principled way once you had forgiven him, where you had confessed to him and repented of your sins, and you had forgiven him for the sins that he did to you. And it didn't matter how he responded. You experienced the freedom which is the grace, the gift of God that he made possible when we forgive others and when we seek repentance. Well, Robbie, there, there's, like I said, it's always a longer and a bigger story. And the, the paper that I took to the pastor and that I, I read from uh, was a paper that I had deeply, thoroughly processed with God alone in my closet. And so, so I had already confessed to God and I had been forgiven. Mm. I had forgiven him and released him for his sin against me. And I was freed. Mm. So when I left my closet alone with God, having done that, and then I go to the pastor to process this, then for his sake, so, so I do it alone with God for my sake. So then I'm set free. And now if I leave out that step, <clears throat> if I don't do it with God alone in my closet and, and ask for forgiveness and forgive him, then I go to him and my emotional well-being is in his hands yep. and is dependent upon his good response. Yep to me, uh, asking him for forgiveness and telling him of his offense against me and others, because he he didn't respond well to that. Yep. And so if my well-being is, is determined by his good response, then I'm in bad shape. I'm actually hurt worse from that interaction than if I hadn't even had it. Yep. But if I go to God first and I confess and I'm freed and I forgive him, and I'm released from his sin against me and the effect of his sin against me. Now, when I go to him for his sake and for the sake of our ongoing relationship, he has no control over my well-being. Yep. He has no control over my soul and over my emotions because God has already freed me from all of that. Man, what, what you're saying there in regards to it has to be vertical. And so many times we'll go seeking forgiveness, repentance on a horizontal before we freed them and forgiven them ahead of time. We've got to forgive people ahead of time for the sins that they committed against us. And 
confess to them for the sins we committed against them. But that is a vertical thing primarily. And I think too many times in my life I've, I've bypassed or quickly moved through the vertical of, yeah, I forgive them and I'm going to go ask their repentance. And, but, I, I, but I haven't really forgiven them on, with God alone on my knees. And so I did. I was waiting and I was affected by their response. And even their response of, hey, I'm sorry, um, leads to healing relationally, but not necessarily freedom from the consequences of that sin in my heart, which only comes as a, as a, a gift of grace, a gift of love from our Father that he made this forgiveness in, independent of others' reactions. And that is incredibly powerful and a precursor to truly being able to love him because you didn't need anything from him. This was for his benefit. And tell, tell us about, uh, that's another key component that I want to, I want to pick at that, um, once you had fully forgiven him independent of his response, that sounds like it set you up to enter into that conversation with sincere love for him and, and, Mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, I love you, and therefore, as a brother, these are the ways that I feel like you've sinned against me and the church. Not because I need you to do anything, or, 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 but because I want you to be aware of that. Because that's what we're supposed to do as the body. Is that is that right? Un- help me understand that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Because again, if we're going to have an ongoing relationship, if the church, that church in particular, was going to continue. And we were going to continue to rub elbows, so to speak, and be in leadership together. Then, then we we needed to have the kind of relationship that is absolutely reconciled. Yep. That it's it's that reconciliation that, like you said, this vertical that God brings down and inserts into our relationship. And so, but. In this case, the, the church had unraveled to, to the extent that, that it, it began to fragment and, and uh, really cease to exist, which is very sad. Yeah. And, but, but, but if it had continued, then yes, we would need to maybe even have some help, some outside help for how, how do we relate more properly, more biblically together in leadership with, with a proper understanding of mutual respect, uh, mutual love and and support and leading together. Mm. And Christ is the head. You're not the head and I'm not the head, yep. <laughs> you know, but, but we're leading God's people together. And that's, that's an awesome, uh, awesome responsibility. I'm thinking of two different dynamics of relationships and pain and hurt that we're talking about. Um, one has consequences for my own heart. When others sin against me, whether I truly forgive them on a vertical basis with God, independent of their reaction, the consequences of sin when someone sins against me, when I sin against others, affect my life, my relationships, my freedom, my anger, my hurt, as other sin stokes that sin in me. To be free from the sin in me, I've got to forgive them individually on a vertical basis with God. For the sake of my freedom, the gift of grace and forgiveness allows me to experience the peace and the freedom that Jesus made possible. That's bucket A. Bucket B is, okay, so what does that look like in relationship on a horizontal level? And that sounds like it's dependent on them in some ways and on me, because if we do the vertical, then we, then we pursue horizontal reconciliation, which you did 
the best you could do. Phase one was you went on your knees before God and processed your own sin, sought forgiveness for your sins, and forgave him for his sins. Step B was, okay, now how do I steward this relationship and pursue reconciliation? So you confessed your sins to him as part of the horizontal reconciliation process, and you let him know of the sins because the consequences of how he would then react would affect your relationship. And it did affect it because it sounds like he, you, you did everything you could in love to help walk him towards reconciliation and forgiveness. He was not ready to go there for whatever reasons. He couldn't do it. He didn't go there. And the consequence of that was, was um, that you couldn't progress on a healthy level relationally, it sounds like. Yeah, you're right. And that's, it's very, very sad that that happened. I don't think that pleases God. I don't think that honors God when that's the way a reconciliation process ends because we essentially didn't have an ongoing relationship. We weren't together on a day by day, week by week, month by month basis in leadership in the church. And so um, we, we had transitioned out and the church ceased to exist and everybody kind of went their own way. Um, Perhaps more could have been done, not not to say that the church needed to stay together necessarily, but more could have been done for the sake of every person involved, that which would be very thorough and comprehensive. And and I think if people had come to me and said, you know what, you know, I'm I'm really experiencing a similar hurt to what, what you experienced, would you help me walk through that? And then I, I would help them walk through that that two-step thing, like you said, the two-bucket process. Yep. You know, my yep. wife is so good at this. And, and in marriage, we encounter this kind of thing all the time, okay? <laughs> and so she is so marvelous at going to God for the wrong that I've done against her, huh. or maybe just the frustration or however that might cook up inside of her. But then she has a conversation with the Lord after she has thoroughly addressed that with God, just between her and God. Her question to the Lord is, do I need to say anything to Vic about this? Because God God might tell her at that point, it's like, no, this is just between you and me. Or he might say, yeah, you need to talk to Vic about this one. And God, God makes that very clear to her. And then she knows that if God says that's just between she and God, then, then it's, it's dealt with, it's done. She can put it to bed, so to speak. Uh, But, but if it's something that she needs to say to me, then, then it's, it's the ongoing relationship that something needs to change about the dynamic of the way we're relating to each other to um, better honor and respect each other and honor God in, in, in our marriage. And, and what I hear you saying is that the vertical is primary, and that gives us wisdom as to what love looks like for the horizontal. Sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes it's not. It's, it's no, they don't, it, it, they don't need me to say anything. God is not inviting me to say anything to them in love. This was for me, and I've experienced the freedom of forgiveness, uh, independent of needing to have a follow-up with them. That is, that is a, um, that's significant because this is such, you know, relational division is pretty central and core to the evil one's plan, division, disunity, and to our father's plan of unity, reconciliation among believers. And therefore this is incredibly complicated and dynamic and each situation is unique. And 
man, what I'm convicted with in this is that anytime there's division with me and someone else, sin, where I've been sinned against or when I've sinned against them, um, I've got to spend the time to prioritize how to do that in love, which always starts vertical and then moves and what that then looks like horizontally in love for the other person. Once I've freed them from the sins that they've done to me through forgiveness on a vertical basis and forgiving them for what they did to me, that takes time. And that order you can't bypass, which I've done way too much. I've way too quickly gone, okay, I'm supposed to go forgive and then do this. And it's it gets funky and it gets messy and I'm not experiencing the free, the freedom and the peace that you articulated in the car of going, man, I get it. I felt it. He didn't ask, for, but it didn't matter. I'm good. I'm free because I did the vertical work for this for my sake and his sake and man I want that and and it breaks my heart that he responded that way but next time I'm sure you've we could do podcasts on people responding in healthy ways which leads to reconciliation and that church could have stayed together and God knows what he's doing and um and could have opened his heart to that but man this is a fun one Vic and I've got some stuff to think about and I uh, how, how do we for those of us listening and a relationship came to mind for us of um, somebody that we feel disconnected from, whether a low-grade tension, annoyance, frustration, hurt that we have against them, that they have against us, and we are, it, it, we're tempted to just avoid it and move on and ignore it and move on relationally. What would you encourage us to do with that? Well, again, I think that the first step is to spend that that necessary significant time with God and with your journal, with your Bible open. <laughs> and and uh, lo- look at some of the passages that, that, that he talks about. Well, one of my favorite verses, I don't have it just at, at my fingertips here, is uh, in, in uh, Ephesians 4, 16. But then the chapter begins with 1, 2, and 3, and then tying the, those two together in terms of really working together for, for the unity of the spirit. That as each member does its part, the body with Christ as the head builds itself up in love. And it's, it's, it's remarkable what, what God's design is. If I, if I keep even the, those low-grade uh, offenses— and I kind of nurse them all over to the side. And and that, that's often what, what I talk about. If, if you ask me, well, how am I doing? If I'm saying the same hurt and offense over and over again, then I need you to say something to me like, you know, the last three times we've talked, you, you've kind of replayed that same tape over and over again. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a dear friend who is actually a counselor for Lindy and I one time and you know, when, 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 when a husband typically talks to a counselor, it's about the wife. Right. When the wife talks to a counselor, it's often about the husband. And so I, was, I, I had begun my conversation with her. And, and so she's a great, great godly woman. And she, she's listening. She's nodding. And after I had shared a little bit, she said, it's, it's not working, is it? And I, I knew exactly oh, yeah. why she was saying, but, but I, what, what, what do you mean it's not working? She said, you, you keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. Yeah. 
And yeah. she said, that, that's the definition of insanity, you know, keep trying the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. But if, if the person with these situations, even, to, even though it may be small in scope, to, even to them, that, that we, we need to release that to the Lord. I need to go to the Holy Spirit and say, like at the end of Psalm um, 139, 23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and see if there's a hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way or in the way of life, because I'm choosing the way of death because of what I keep choosing. And so I go to God, I thoroughly address this. I think it's a good idea to write it out, yeah. write out my, my resulting sin against this friend because the nature of sin in me has been triggered by their undealt with offense against me. And so I, I write out my sin first and my confession first but then how they have offended me, how, how, what that looks like. And I, sometimes I'll even write it in story form. And, and then I give that to the Lord and, and, and sincerely before the Lord, I say, I forgive them. First of all, I, I confess my own sin, yeah. but then yeah. it's like, Lord, I forgive them. I release this. I, I do not hold this against them. I release it, cleanse it from my heart, search me to see if there's any, roots or tangents left and and root them out. And I want to be clean with you and clean with this person and not drag this offense with myself any longer. And God will free you. You, you might not even realize until later that you've been set free, but God will free you. Amen. And for all of us <laughs> listening, God show bring to mind hurt, division, pain that yeah. we can come to you and say, search me, oh God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting in God. I'm asking that as well. There's division, hurt all over the place in my life. People bring those up, show them to me, God, and help me to trust you with them, forgive them, seek for, confess my own sin first, then forgive and release them from the pain caused to me so that I experience peace and freedom. Cause that's what I want. And I just go about it in squirrely ways because I want to control and outcomes and I want them to pay and all that stuff. No, no, no. Pause. We all want the same thing. We want peace and freedom from the hurt and from the pain. Our father wants that. He wants unity. He wants reconciliation. And that is a f incredible gift and opportunity that all of us have as he brings relationships to mind after listening to this podcast in the next week or two or month uh, that we would be... Uh, more prone to bring that vertical to him and experience the peace that he wants to give us as our loving father. Vic, this was timely and awesome, and I am appreciative of you giving time and wisdom and counsel. If y'all want more of Vic, type in Abide Catalyst Navigators into Google and his his eight-part study will come up. And for those of you who want to enter into some of these conversations on a deeper way, uh, we've got on August 23rd, new cohorts of the High Trust Leader course launching. It's an intensive offering by Trueface. It's a 16-week course that provides a solid biblical foundation of understanding grace. And we tackle forgiveness and repentance in that. And you can sign up for those now at trueface.org forward slash HTLC. Vic, thanks for joining the podcast. Our goal is to help anyone out there listening to this to experience apply grace into your everyday life. And this conversation was right on point for that. 
So Vic, thank you. Everybody listening, feel free to share this. Uh, not to the person that's hurt you. That would be rude. Um, do the vertical work first. But uh, this is for you. So share it, like it, subscribe, and thanks for being a part of the True Face Tribe. Thanks, y'all.